You know, it, it may go to overtime or something. And then I woke up and I see the score and I'm like, fucking Eagles, what the fuck? Like, it was just, it, it, it absolutely traumatized me for, for, for hours. How the hell can you do that? You know? Yeah, they, they, you know, they tried to fucking uh, put it on cruise control. And they picked it with that. Not much to say. They, they fucking, coaching staff is pathetic in that fourth quarter. You know, the team had no heart, no intensity. They had turned it, they, they, they just tried to coach. Like I said, I, I, I understand that I've seen the Eagles blow games in the past. It's happened, it's happened more often than it, you would think. I mean, I can't, I can give you examples, but, but, that, but that, would take for, that would take hours. But the fact is, to blow a game like this at home, that's even worse. At home. You know how tough this fan base is. You don't want the fan base booing at you if you perform bad. So why would you want the fan base to, to turn on you when you when you finish bad? Yeah. That's even worse than anything else. Like I said, I told people I'd rather get blown out by 40 points than lose the way we lost on Sunday. Because at least it hurts, but at least you know that you 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 you, you didn't blow anything. You just you just didn't show up. You know? You just you just do that. I mean, I don't know what the hell to think, and I don't even know what the hell to think for the rest of this season. Because any lead they have, you have to hold your breath moving forward. Defense is soft as shit. They have no secondary. They lost Derek Barnett this week to a shoulder injury. He's done. They're losing bodies. They don't have a good runner. You know. And Howie Roseman's and Howie Roseman's magic isn't working anymore because they said they wanted Amari Cooper, but the Dallas Cowboys offered them a first round pick, and they couldn't, and they couldn't. Uh, and, and well, with that, when it comes to that man, that's uh, I'd have been pissed if they gave a first round pick to that bomb. Well, Dallas was smart, was dumb enough to do so. Well, that's the Dallas. And it's not like Dallas could just sign key free agents because of the luxury tax they they owe. Because Jerry Jones spent so much damn money, he can't he can't get free agents. March comes and it's like we want to come, they want to go to Dallas, but they can't because Jerry Jones spends too much money. So, so basically, all I know is is that this Eagles team is in trouble. It it, it it has that look like they're in trouble, and I don't know, and I really don't know how they're going to be able to recover from this kind of loss. Knowing that the next home game I will actually be at, and that will be on a, on a Sunday night where everybody watches <laughs> against the hated Cowboys, and that and that the only chance the Eagles have of even making the playoffs is winning the division. So basically, they have to. Uh, pretty much go the rest. They have five divisional games and pretty much have to win all five. I I hate to tell you this, man. In 2011, the Eagles went five and one in their division. They went five and one. 
They swept the Cowboys. They swept the Redskins. They split on the Giants, and they could have beaten them in their first matchup, and they lost to them. But they went 5-1, and one, and they finished 8-8 eight and eight and missed the playoffs. In 2008, they went 2-4 and four in the NFCs. 2-4. And, and reached the NFC title game. So to me, that's small shit to tell me that that's small shit that to tell me that the that the division is very important if they can't if if they can't execute against teams like the Titans, the Panthers, you know. That's the only way to make it the playoffs to win the division because they're not getting a wild card spot. So yeah, you can kiss that behind, you know. So basically, the division is the most important thing right at the moment. So, and on top of that, they have to make up a game. They have to make up a game and a half to make to to, to be back in the division lead. They're a game and a half behind Washington. That boring ass team. Well, that's where those those, those games come into play. They win both Washington games, and you know they're in that lead. You know, so. It is what it is. Got to hope for five to go. Got to hope to go six and zero in the division. Five and one at worst, if you as long as they sweep the Redskins. Yeah, it's gonna. That'll be interesting to see, you know. Because right now, I just look at this. I just look at it like this. I can't trust this Eagles team as much as I'll still watch, but I can't trust them. I can't trust them at all. You're gonna you're gonna blow a game like that on Sunday, really? Yeah. Well, then now the the other issue now with is that you know this uh, Jaguars game this weekend in London, which I've been pretty much writing off as a probable loss all year. You know, now that now that becomes like a must-win type game too. And on top of that, they're struggling too. They benched Blake Bortles on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> They've had two horrible weeks in a row. Getting blown out by the Cowboys of all teams and then losing to the Texans big time and benching Blake Bortles. Would it be embarrassing if they if they went with Cody Kessler and we get beat by Cody Kessler? Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz is having a very good season. He's having a Pro Bowl season. The numbers he's put up are Pro Bowl-esque. They're not winning. They're not doing anything. And Sal Palantonio, I was listening to him last night, and he told and he told and he told Mike Bisonelli and he told his viewers that losing Legarrette Blunt in the offseason was probably one of the worst moves they made. Now, do you do you think that that's do you agree with that? No, I mean, um, you know, losing with Eric Blunt hurt a little bit, but, I mean, really, he, he was replaceable. They just didn't do a good job of replacing him as far as I'm concerned. Um, they, they really need to come out and at least draft somebody somewhere that in the draft, because this was a pretty, pretty deep and talented draft they're running back, and they really didn't bring it in anyone. So... The sad reality is, is that, you know, they're going to have to draft a running back next year. That they're going to have to go with a running back next year in the draft. They, 
and they can't go and they can't go third or fourth round. That they're gonna have to get the best possible back next year. Because it doesn't look like they're gonna get one before next week. Because Shady McCoy, they the Bills are like no, and I mean there's no other great backs out there, you know, that that anybody would be interested in. So basically, you're stuck with Wendell Spallwood. And he's going to be your starter, you know. And if you can't trust him, too too bad. You made the you made the mistake of not getting a guy, so you're stuck with him, you know. Yeah, man. Well, I think they'll end up getting some traded to somebody, but it's not going to be some big name superstar type player, you know. I don't need a superstar player. I just need somebody that can actually carry a ball at least 25 times a game. Yeah. Well, like I was saying, man, I think a guy like Kevin Coleman is the type of guy you're going to stick the guys up with. You know, a talent, he's talented. Um, he's on last year of his contract. He's not going to be back next with his, with his the Falcons next year. Um, you know, they could um, they could end up Giving up a, a, like some type of mid like conditional pick that you know if they have, if, he, if he if the Eagles re-sign him then he then the pick maybe becomes like a fourth or fifth rounder otherwise it's like a sixth rounder you know. Well, the problem with Atlanta is Devontae Freeman is on the IR, so I don't see them giving up Tevin Coleman at all. They're not. They can't right now. Because because Devontae Freeman on, on is on IR right now, so they have to well, deal with him. It depends, though. I mean, like you said, they're they're out of the playoffs. They're done, so they're not really. Um, I mean, they're not looking at this year. Like I said, he's not going to be back with the team next year, and their third just their well now he's their second string running back. But you know, Smith, he's a he's a. He's a He's shown a little bit of talent. They may want to give him an extended book. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, they have a week. They have a week left. You know, if they can beat, if they can beat Jacksonville on Sunday, then obviously that gives them cushion. They get their, they're in the break. They'll have their their bye week, and they'll have a chance to rearrange this team. And maybe, just maybe, Darren Sproles will come back. He plays one game and he goes missing, claiming he has a hamstring. I I just don't think he can play anymore. Maybe, you know. Yeah, he seems like he's at the end of the line here. Because to be a hamstring, unless you tore it all the pieces, it's not an injury. It's more than maybe just a two, maybe a three week injury. But he's been out since since the first week. Basically, he's been out all seat basically all season. Yeah. So, it's obvious that, you know, t- for the Eagles, they're going to have to do something. If they don't do anything, then they're basically staying the status quo, and they're basically a team going nowhere, and you can pretty much forget about this season. But if they really think they can make a run and get back into the and get back into this NFC East race with Washington, and somehow win and somehow win the division and get high at the right time and threaten the team and threaten the teams like the Saints or the Rams, then obviously then they can make their move. But like I said, they're gonna play the Saints and the Rams this season 
on the road in their buildings, and obviously, not right now the way this team is playing, not good look for them in those buildings. Yeah, those are. Um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, those are losses at this point. So, um, you know, they're going to have to win some other games, but. Um, in terms of the trade deadline, you know, Roseman will be is going to be aggressive. He's obviously one of the, the most aggressive GM in the league when it comes to making trades, but he's also not going to give up the farm for just one player. Well, I know he's not going to do that. They, they, they still think they can win this year. They think in their minds they can still win this year from behind. But the fact is, they can't get too far behind because you're basically at three and four, you're basically in a teeter towerage. You're more. You're let. You're at a forty. You're at a forty. You're at forty sixty of making the postseason instead of fifty fifty, because you're not at five hundred at the moment. But they know that they're in a division. But they know that they're in a division that they can win. They can win. Washington is not is not that impressive, and Dallas obviously isn't good offensively at all. So they could still probably win it, but it's just it's just a matter of getting the right players together and getting on the right on the right track at the right time. Yeah, man, I know. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of rumors going around. You've obviously heard about trade kind of make and shit, but well, the well the rumors well the rumors are rumors, but. Teams are already making moves. The Giants have made a few moves. They obviously are out of it. They traded Snacks Harrison, and they traded away Eli Apple. So they're, they've pretty much given up on this year. And obviously that's it on them because it's not the defense that's, that's their, their struggle. It's, it's, it's their offensive line, which is pathetic, and the fact that they didn't get rid of Eli Manning. They didn't do those two things. You bring in a new head coach, you bring in a GM, and you still do the same old shit. Pathetic. Yeah. Now you have to get rid of actual good players to get value. And I don't even think that's going to work either. So, you know, you get rid of your two best defensive players in Eli Apple and, and Snacks Harrison, and they're basically wondering what the hell's going on. So, I don't know. Yeah, that team's going to take a while to get um, to, to be any, anything decent. Obviously, they're going to need to rebuild that offense, the whole offense, basically. And now, and their defense has problems. So, I mean, they're going to take a while. They're just they're going to be garbage for at least next year, probably the following year. And that's if they have some good, some good offense. If they don't say goodbye to Eli Manning come March... Then they're they're going to be bad for a while. I agree with you, but you know this league. If you if you can get rid of guys and you can get draft some guys and get somebody in here, you can be good right away. Yeah, that's how this NFL works. You can get good right away, but like I said, the Giants are giving away are giving away assets now, so it's obvious that they're they know where they're where they stand. They know where they stand, and unfortunately, it's not very good. So. <laughs> So obviously, you know, you can kiss their ass goodbye. Yeah. But like I said, when you look when you look around, 
I mean, let's look at, at you know, what's going on in the regular season so far. Obviously, when I look at the postseason picture right now, I can tell you four teams that are, are locks to play in January, and that's the Rams, the Chiefs, Brady, Belichick, and the Saints. Those four teams are, are guaranteed locks to be playing in, in January, while the rest of the league is still figuring out right now. That's what I see so far. Yeah, man, those are the teams that are stand, that stand out in the league right now, obviously. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're the ones that are that'll be like the, the top contenders. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. An injury here and there, and all of a sudden those teams go from being contenders to, you know, barely playoff teams. Now, like I said, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay are coming off of a bye, and their next two games are probably the hardest two games any team's going to play in back-to-back weeks in the season. Basically, I I sit here and say that Green Bay is not a playoff team right now. And now you have to go to Los Angeles on Sunday, and then next Sunday night you have to go to New England. So that's going to be really, really tough. As much as Aaron Rodgers likes to pull rabbits out of his hat, I don't think against those two teams, the way their program, I don't think he has that kind of magic left in him. Because you can't be, yeah. you can't be that lucky all the time. I know, I know Aaron Rodgers was a great quarterback, and I know he's carried Green Bay in the past. <clears throat> but you're telling me you got to win two, two games against probably the best team in the league and the status quo for the last nearly 20 years in Brady and Belichick. I, don't, I, I, say, I say you have a little chance in hell. Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're, that's obviously uh, at best one win, one and one, but odds are, you know, it's that going two right there. Yeah. And I'm also convinced that at, at how good Kansas City is you know, I'm sure you watched that Sunday night game, or you may have for like maybe a, a couple couple minutes, how good that, that chief team is. It, it, they're not going to collapse like they did last year at this time of the year. That Mahomes kid is for real. You can talk about, you know, get some film on him and he'll struggle or whatever, but this kid is just smart. He's smart. He's got the best weapons in the, le- in the entire league. He's got weapons everywhere. He's getting the ball out. You know, Kansas City does have the best defense, you know, but at least, you know, that offense is the best in the league and they're finding ways and they're finding ways to destroy people. Like I said, New England's lucky they beat them. They were really lucky because that second half in New England, they outplayed them by far. Yeah, well we'll see how that goes. I'm not uh, I mean they're they're obviously like you said, they have a lot of talent on offense. But their defense is terrible. It's not good to begin with, and we'll see how Mahomes does for the rest of the year. Let's just say if if this if they played if New England played in Kansas City, they wouldn't. They'd be lucky if they scored twenty points in that building. I don't know about that. And then, like I said, I mean, you know. Like I said, I, I mean, Minnesota looks like they're getting their act together. 
but I'm still critical about Kirk Cousins in, in the long term. You know, Kirk Cousins can put up great numbers, and Adam Thielen's having a hell of a year. But when it gets down to it, can they, can they seriously contend? Can they actually contend this year? You know? Yeah. That that I that I have that I see to to wonder as the season goes on. Can they can they seriously contend? Can they seriously contend against teams like the Saints? Like I said, this Sunday night we have a big matchup with the Saints coming to town to play the Vikings. That's a major matchup. That's a statement. That's a statement game for the Vikings to see if they're if they're good enough to to contend. With you know they played the Rams on Thursday night. That was a good game, but. They couldn't keep up with them in the long haul, so you know a lot of interesting things. Yeah, well, I mean, we everyone knows Kirk Cousins' um, downfall is he has to struggle in the tight games in the fourth quarter. So you know, if he gets to the playoffs, it's, it's not going to be they're not going to be balling teams out left and right. So. If he continues struggling late in the games like that, they're going to have some problems. Well, they're stuck with him, you know. I yeah. say it's good for 4,000 yards per season, but he has only one playoff start and one playoff loss. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, how this division race goes down because, you know, Detroit quietly, even though they're all, they got off to a very slow start, that's a tough division at NFC North. I don't think the Bears are out of it, out of it either, because I think you know they 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 lost to New England, but they outplayed them for most of the game. And Detroit, despite their slow start, is starting to look decent again with with Matt Stafford. And it looks like uh, Matt Patricia is starting to figure out how to be a good coach. So so it's obvious that this that NFC North race is going to go down to the very end. You know, because when these guys play each other, it's gonna be it's gonna be nip and tuck every every week, every game yeah. in that division. That division has no clear cut favorite at the moment. <laughs> the only the only two division the only two divisions that are are basically safe is New England and the Rams. Everybody else's division is is up for grabs. Even Houston right. in the South, even Houston in the South, because. They're not that impressive, and obviously, Tennessee. They played the Chargers really tough, you know, in in in, in foreign ground, and you never know about Andrew Luck and the Colts. You never know about them, you know. Like I said, I mean, they're two they're only two games behind, and you know, Andrew Luck he's getting better. They had a great game on Sunday. It's not over yet there. And then the AFC North, you really don't know what the hell is going to happen. You really don't know what's going to happen. Because right now, Pittsburgh is back on top of the division because the Ravens and the Bengals have one more loss than they do. Yeah. So, you know, is Pittsburgh back? Are they ready to take off and contend for, and cont- and contend for you know, you know, but who knows? Like I said, it's, it's, it's a guessing game. A lot of these teams are in a guessing game right now. A lot of these teams are in a guessing game. And obviously, once we get past halfway, we'll see what happens where everybody else sits when they get down to it. <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah, man. Yeah, so pretty much, you know, we'll see what happens. 
But you know, but you know, we have to predict a game here. And tomorrow night, you know, Joe Buck has had a busy week. He's, you know, if you, you, you can, you have so much. You, if you had, if you didn't have a lot to listen to Joe Buck do the World Series, you you'll love to hear him here on tomorrow night as he goes to Houston, the hosts, Dolphins and the Texans. <laughs> so go ahead and make that make that prediction. Yeah, man. Well, um, Houston. You know they, they've they've been on a winning streak lately, but they haven't really been all out of practice for the most part. Um, especially on offense with Deshaun Watson, he's uh, he has been all he hasn't had a really good year so far. So we'll see if he can turn that around in the second half. But um, going up against the Dolphins here, obviously Tannehill's been out the last few weeks. Probably going to be out again this week, so we're looking at off uh, Rock Osweiler going up against that Texas Tech defense. Um, he's going to struggle, I think. I don't, I don't see him. I, I think he's going to have a tough game here. And I think um, Watson is not, I think he's going to have a, he's not going to play great. He's not going to play bad. He's just going to be mediocre like he kind of has been all year. I think that'll continue this week, but I think uh, going up against the Dolphins with um, with uh, Brock Osweiler at quarterback, I think that mediocre is going to be more than enough to get the victory this week. So I'm taking the Texans, the Texans here with a final score of 27-20. Hmm. Well, like I said, this Thursday night game, I might not even want to watch it. You know, it's not it's not a sexy matchup. I mean, where they're at right now, both of these teams where they're at, it's obviously a critical matchup. They're both at four and three. Obviously, if you're if it's not the division, obviously for the Dolphins, it's not. It's a it's a possibility of the wild card situation. Obviously, for Miami, they want to still try to keep up with with New England, but they already lost to them, got their ass whipped there, and obviously they're just spit, they're basically spinning their wheels. They've lost three of their last four after the three and zero start, and the Texans were zero three, and they've now won their last four. They look like they're in control of their division, and obviously they went to Jacksonville and pretty much embarrassed Jacksonville. They. They forced Blake Bortles to be benched. That's how bad they beat him. So, obviously, this matchup, I mean, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, you know, like I said, Brock Osweiler did a very good job against the Bears defense. They were at home, obviously, and the Heat played a role. But this week, it's on the road in a tough environment. Houston is getting better every week. They're... Deshaun Watson is getting more comfortable, and I think this is going to be his return to what Back to the Future game, where he actually throws for almost 300 yards and runs for almost at least for 70 yards. He has one of those kind of games where he where he has a big game, and I just think that I agree with you. I think Houston wins, but you're being too nice. I think it's going to be it's going to be a it's going to be tough for. 
for Miami to keep up. And I got the Houston Texans winning this game. And the final score is uh, 34-21. 34-21 Houston. So, there goes that matchup. That sexy matchup. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, man. Now, 